Hello, and welcome to Casting Nets. I am Hi. one of your hosts, Pastor Dave Rudot. I'm here with uh, Pastor Will Harley. That is me. And we are back in the studio after Easter and Holy Week and everything else. And now we're going to try doing stuff live again in person because uh, Will need, needed uh, to kick me in the shins every once in a while. He was and getting... my head is the same size now. It, I'm trying. I'm I know. trying. It's weird. When I look at myself now, it's just like... That's odd. It's not reality, it's is it? It's, it's not rainy. reality. You look at me and you're like, I'm looking at Dave, and then I look at the screen and it says we're the same our heads are the same size and <laughs> that just can't be true. Uh, there you go. Well, no, we are back in the studio. We um we have some I think the next two shows, if they're gonna be out of out of all the shows that we've had in the recent months, I think these next two shows are gonna be the shows that are um are going to be the most controversial, maybe? Yeah, this might be our last show. Your last show. <laughs> it I might thrive. be the internet's last, <laughs> last show. Before we go to the deep web or the dark web or wherever it's going. Yeah, I thrive on controversy. Okay. Um, but no, this is, um, so, yeah, the, the show that's coming up and the, and the one that'll follow is uh, more timely, I think. Uh, so, we're going to be talking about some things that are going on right now in our culture. Um, not that what we were talking about before isn't dealing with what's in our culture, but but I think it's it's more of the a timely application. So um, stay tuned. Hopefully, we won't anger you. I mean, that's really our goal is not to do that. Our right. goal is really to to share with you how we're working through it. Start a conversation. Have an opportunity to talk. Um, maybe even be proven wrong. I mean, because these are sometimes just our own ideas as we're spitballing uh, two pastors in the same room now for a change mm-hmm. um, and, and kind of coming up with, with how we would approach it from a biblical standpoint and looking at the cross of Christ. So Yeah, um, and uh, this is also a piggyback. We had a pastor's conference where we had two papers on this topic, so it's, it's kind of fresh in our mind. That's why we thought, well, we are going to do AI today, but we'll do AI next week. We're, so two weeks of debunking things. So yeah. this Can time I comment on the picture? That picture for for the Facebook page that was awesome. I'm sorry, that is just that is just awesome. Well, um, especially well, I don't. You know, we're kind of tipping our hands where this whole idea is about power and oppression, and right. so we think of well, who has the power? And, and critical race theory says that the whites have the power. So you have why not have a big picture of a man having the power? But then also the white lives matter, which is also part of the whole critical race theory of of shifting the power to a, an, another skin color. And you go, wait a minute, who's actually, what, is it actually solving anything? It's basically, thing, yeah, The only thing my ahead. wife said when she saw it was, where's Shira? And I said, no one knows about her. <laughs> she who? <laughs> That's some intersectionality there. <laughs> so <laughs> we've already offended. What <laughs> <laughs> gender? You know, if you hate us now, just, just, I just, just I want to share with you, like, my, my common hatred. Like, I hate people who use physically impossible metaphors. It makes my blood boil. <laughs> just a second one, just a, <laughs> just a second one. So, anyway, as we're talking about this, as we're debunking uh, critical race theory, as we're talking about how this affects our own congregations and the members who are having, you know, kids in school or, uh, the political conversation, the church has something to say because critical race theory is really uh, a religion in a sort, in a sense, and it is also 
talking about values, which is what the church is talking about too. We're talking about values and ethics. How do you conduct yourself in this world? So uh, the church does have something to say. So we two pastors uh, who are pastors in God's church have something to say as well because we have God's word to share with you. But as we do so, this is an encouragement that this is meant to be the beginning of a conversation and not the end. So please reach out to us, castingnetspod at gmail.com. Talk to us in person. Most of our comments we get are from people who are in person. Talk to us also on Facebook, online, YouTube, and all of that stuff. If you like what you're listening to, make sure to subscribe and click the little bell so that you get notifications. Uh, We're trying to make sure that we have these events posted in advance so that you can be notified no matter where you are, whether you're at on the work, if you're working on your car, or whether you're in your home, working in your home, that you know that these things are coming up and can watch them live if you like to because the online conversation is really a lot of fun. What makes this a lot sure. of fun? And share it. Yeah, and share it. Please let share other, it. Let other people know that, you know, hey, there's this really cool picture out there. <laughs> Without further ado, let's get on to the topic. Before we get to the topic, I think it needs to be said and and the comment needs to be made uh, in retaliation to what has been going around and the blasphemy that is being shared on on the chat. Um, <clears throat> no, we do not want to join in Trek Star night? Trek night. That's Trek um, night. Oh, man, I'm teaching Bible class, otherwise I'd be that there. Is, what time does it start? It doesn't matter. <laughs> now, okay, so I know I'm, I'm I'm trying to be all things to all men. So, have you watched The Mandalorian? I have not. Oh, see, um, I have I have been going through a systematic boycott of Disney. So you're canceling Disney in your well, own little world. I would like to say that I am. Um, the Marvels are not interesting me. I saw the commercial for uh, the new Peter and Wendy for okay. Peter Pan, and that I, I've I've always loved the Peter Pan stories, so I'm I'm thinking, oh, maybe, but um, no, I'm. I know, I'm, I, yeah, I know you're not much of a TV guy in general. Right, The Mandalorian season three, I think, is worth a watch. Well, I might put it on in the background, but I've been reading more and trying to get more into books and less of the the TV. So, yeah, um, I think my wife had playing last night. What did she have? Some DIY something about? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, and she asked me if I was catching what was going on, and I asked her why she would ever think that. Um, so. <laughs> but no, yeah, we don't really have, I mean, when we do have movie nights with the kids, it's usually where we go back to the drawing way back into our time and, and play something for the kids. Sure. You know, good, wholesome 80s material. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> 80s material isn't all that wholesome. We did that for a time. I remember I told you about uh, My Little Ponies. We bought the DVDs of My Little Pony thinking that was uh, okay for our girls, and they were traumatized. So um, it's uh, it's not quite as – we remember all the good things, right? Just like our older members remember all the good things about the 50s and 60s, and we have to remind them. Um, there was this thing called segregation in the 50s and 60s. There was this – That's know, untrue. It's false. <laughs> it all was <laughs> – Civil War, just like civil rights landing. didn't happen. Yeah, just like the moon landing. Moon landing, <laughs> Earth is flat. <laughs> <clears throat> All kinds of stuff. So anyway, that's not true. I'm, I'm not saying that. That he was that joking. I was joking. Um, so the one of the things I liked about the paper that was given 
on um, Ross Henze from Trinity and Brilliant gave our pastor's conference paper where he gave us a list of definitions, which I thought was helpful because especially when it comes to what we see on the news or what we hear pundits talk about critical race theory or they talk about what's going on in our public school systems, they're coming at it from a political point of view, whereas we are, you and I, Pastor Harley and I, and pastor, pastors should be in general talking from a uh, biblical worldview when it comes to races and to understand that even in even if say some uh, legislators say where we ban the critical race theory or on the Green Bay public school system says we don't do uh, we don't have critical race theory in our K through 12 system that's for the for college level but we will talk about racism in our classrooms and what I liked about the paper was is that he defined for us how racism was normally defined and now how it is defined under critical race theory. So even though a public school system will say, we're, we're talking about racism in the classroom, that's, they're already bringing in um, aspects of critical race theory. So I'm getting ahead of myself, getting ahead of the game, but. Uh, well, and, and, and I know you are getting, I mean, we're kind of jumping into the topic because the, we had two papers that were presented. One was on the historical aspect of racism within the church and how the church's response to this growing epidemic of racism has been happening throughout the years. We also had then the paper that you're, you're citing here from, from Pastor Henze. And Pastor Henze did, a, I think, a, a very good job of summing up some of the, the issues. Um, I, and I think he could have gone a little bit further in some of the how do we respond. But that's neither here nor there. Um, I, I think one of the things that we, we need to come to terms with when we're talking about this subject is that we are coming and approaching this subject from two different worldviews. And, and I think this is, this is going to be the, the guiding principle for our discussion. And that is when we are talking and we're going out and we're looking at the secular world, the secular world's worldview is, is brought itself not on a creation, not on a, uh, a supreme being, God or whoever you would want to put as that supreme being, who created all things and then put them into movement, but you're coming from a worldview of of society now that says it's evolution, and when you when you start going into and they don't use the word evolution anymore, they use um, uh, historical science, things of that nature. But that whole concept of of um, we're on this constant state of getting better, we're on this constant state of 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 progression, leads itself inevitably to saying that there are going to be different hierarchies of progression, um, different either, in this case, races, that on a fundamental level are going to be at a different hierarchy or point than everything else. And I think this is the problem that, that where this all stems from. They removed a creator that made one race. And instead they said, we're, we're on this spectrum and, and being on the spectrum, that means different people are on, or different races, DNA-wise, developmentally-wise, are on a different spectrum than the rest of us. And now they, they create categories. And it's really easy to poke fun at a category. It's really easy to, to, to ridicule the category than to say we're all, we're all on the same starting point. And there are, there, good, bad, or indifferent, things in life have encountered us that have given us either a hindrance or a privilege, however you want to say it. I mean, those are parts of the conversation that we don't have to have. But those, those things have happened out of our control, and it has, has either 
allowed for further development or hindered development. I mean, you, you, you can't, yeah. just as a case in point, you can't go and say, okay, um, Caucasian trailer park, they exist. Mm-hmm. Caucasian trailer park, um, McDonald's diet, those kids are still going to look better than African-American kids who are starving. You would almost say both of them are, are not given, you know, all of the things of a, of a full course meal. Right. But, but even McDonald's was, is a privilege is better than nothing. And, and so, but they all started the same, Right. They, they, they all started at that same level. They all started as a baby. They all started with, with okay. the same opportunity. Um, and, and so this is where the conversation begins. And you, yeah, it's, and so let's go through those definitions. So the historical yeah. definition of, of racism, which, which would be some, it's how this is uh, printed for in the paper. It says prejudice, discrimination, or antagonism directed against someone of a different race based on the belief that one's own race is superior. So again, like we said, we, I like, and this is, I think this is the point to talk about this, but uh, the idea of racism is a social construct. Like, I know Ken Ham would say, well, we're all one race, the human race, and we did that in our vacation Bible school where we reminded kids there aren't different races, there's just one race. But the understanding that race is a social construct, that there is a, uh, um, it's an invalid social construct, but it's 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 something that we've established. We've because of you know of sin, the sinful nature that we all have. We're 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 in this. We're in our relationship with each other is not one of love, which is what God designed, selfless love for the for the other. Now it's in 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 a, a relationship of power, where Cain wants wants what uh, Abel has, so he inflicts violence on on Cain. Um, uh, Paul talks about in Galatians, talking about hatred towards one another. Like these are things that are come from our sinful nature, hatred, discord, all of those things, jealousy, envy. Those are that's where um, what's the, the, what we're constructing. We're looking at reasons why we can not like somebody else, or that we can um, put ourselves over that other individual. And one of those reasons is uh, by the color of their skin. Whereas in critical race theory, they would look at racism as this is a deeply embedded historical system of institutional power, which is a completely different definition. So now we're talking about a system uh, that is like uh, is beyond our control, just something in our culture, and it is all, all about power, and it may not be about prejudice. It's just about oppressing another group. Well, but I think, I think they both, and you're, and you're right, CRT is taking these words and they're, they're redefining them. And so when we, are, when we hear them, people who have understood racism as one, one section of people superior to another section of people, and they're, using, they're, they're thinking two different definitions, which causes an issue. Um, <clears throat> but I don't think that they're necessarily exclusionary. And, and this is the thing that, that, I, that, that I disagreed with the paper is <clears throat> this is the definitions that they're giving, but they're not excluding the past definition. They're adding to adding it. To it. Okay. They're, they're, they're giving depth. So it is, it is not only because, you know, you have to go back to that first definition and say, okay, there's discrimination, there's antagonism between one race who thinks they are superior. They're going to be the ones that are going to, at least in the CRT mind, those are the ones who are entrenching this policy and keeping it going. 
So you, you, they're building off of the original definition and they're carrying on this definition to say that it's not ju- you can't just clear it up by changing somebody's mind because it's so ingrained into the system that the system is going to perpetuate this type of outlook, this type of problem. Mm-hmm. I, on the flip side, I, I don't agree historically with that. Um, I, I agree historically that hatred has always been there. That's been a thing. Um, but I mean, being a historian and loving history and seeing the waging of wars throughout history, um, color wasn't an issue. I, I, I mean, African-American people have been killing other African-American people forever. Um, Jews have been killing other Jewish people and um, Islamic people have been killing other Islamic people. Um, Greeks have been killing other Greeks. We spent an entire civil war killing each other. <laughs> whites killing whites. Um, and as you look at those things, you, you, you think to yourself, you know, it's less about race and more about, more about <clears throat> cultural differences. Um, throughout history, it, that's been the, that is, and that's not raci- racism, it's nationalism, it's heritage. Um, those have been the markers of hatred. Um, I'm, I was just teaching uh, a class in Esther, um, and you, you have Mordecai and you have Haman. And, and no one has a problem with Mordecai until he, and even Haman doesn't really have a problem with Mordecai, not bowing to him until, and this is chapter, what, three, um, until he finds out he is a Jew. And, and you go back and you, and one of the things that we were, I was walking through with the kids because they were questioning, like, why should that matter? Well, Haman was an Agagite from King Egg, who was an Amalekite, who was a direct affront to King Saul, who was a Benjamite, who was a Jew. And Mordecai is a Benjamite, who was a Jew. And, and it has nothing to do with race. They looked the same. It has nothing to do with color. It had nothing to do with social standing. It had everything to do with, I hate your family. <laughs> and I told them, I said, this is like, this is like Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet without the romance. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty much what it is. It's family against family. It has nothing to do with, with, with color. And that's how, that's how battles were before. But it comes back down to um, <clears throat> we want to pick on things that we can see. And, and I think this is where CRT highlights something um, beneficial, it is it, and I'm not saying let's preach it and let's not teach it, right? But I do think it highlights something special. I, okay, go ahead. Yeah, it might identify the problem, right? Right. And, and, but it, the solution is not the solution, but it does Bingo. identify the problem. Yeah. Bingo. And and that's where I would say that the it that the CRT this thought of and and I think they're they're barking up the wrong tree, but but they have identified that people we we have lived in the United States under hegemony for so long. Where we're, we're this melting pot, and that was the pride and joy of the United States, that we've been in this so long that the sinful nature is trying to find a different way out. And so instead of picking on a culture, because we're pretty much all the same culture, United State, United States culture is all the same, instead of picking on that, and, and, and instead of picking on, you know, nationalism, like nationalism they're, they're trying to pick out on, on looks, and they're trying to pick on, uh, and and so they focus now on that, hyper focus on that. Yeah, I, in this whole conversation and the idea of hatred, this, I like what you're saying. 
sinful nature finds way to finds way to hate. So whether it's uh, hating people because they don't have the same commonality, some same common uh, heritage, or same common country that we have, or the same common interest, now we're going to find and, and hate someone because of their their skin color. And I think uh, critical race theory is is addressing the idea that there is. Uh, it, I appreciated this that that in um, and I also appreciated this in the paper as well where the realization that not everybody is coming into this world with the same opportunities. Like if you are born in a system where, uh, we're talking about tests as well, like where sometimes you look at a test and you don't realize, like if you're asking for a baker's dozen or something in a math question, well, someone may not even know what a baker's dozen is. Or uh, if you're doing a, a question where the, the question itself reveals that you're from this bias and you don't even realize that you like this is how you were brought up, but that's not how everybody was brought up. So they may not know some of those those questions. So I, I appreciated that where the the uh, raising awareness that the things that we communicate are sometimes very specific to our own rea- reality and our own um, background, and for us to, to open our eyes and say, just because I think it's what every American thinks, it may not be everyone's every American's experience. Well, and, and isn't that where the conversation um, between equality and equity come in? Because isn't equality that idea of, you're right, not everybody might know these terms. So so equality would say we are going to train to make sure everybody understands the framework. Then we're going to give everyone the same test. You know, that, that so... So equality would say, like in, in, in the case of a business or something of that nature, equality would say, all right, so um, you speak English, you can understand the rule book. You, see, you speak Spanish, you can't understand the rule book. Well, we'll put the book in Spanish. Now you understand. <laughs> so, so it's equal. We, we have it in a way that you can get it, you can, you can obtain that, that information, and now you can go forward with that information. That would be equality. Equity is sort of that idea, and please correct me if my, my terms get confused, um, but isn't equity that idea of of saying it's not about being equal and having the same opportunity um, presented to us so that we can we have the chance to succeed, but equity is the we all must succeed at the same level. So So in other words... Um, the outcome has to be the same, and 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 that's however yeah however the term is right. like the outcome is the same is it is are we giving everyone a fair shake at succeeding in the world, uh, however that might be and, and it might be people's path to success might be different uh, than uh, than others I don't, you know what I'm saying like just as long as there's a path to success to their success however they want to do it and that they were not excluding opportunities from individuals and that would be equality yeah and equity would be it doesn't matter as long as everyone has the same outcome <clears throat> and, I, and i don't think that's biblical honestly um and i don't even know if necessarily equality is biblical um i mean you have the the giving of the talents each one gets different talents um and and they're not judged on how much they make they're judged on um did you do something with what you were given um, and, I, and I think that's the biblical concept. Um, the biblical concept is not that everybody gets everything the same, um, but that you are given, everyone is given something. 
and and what is what do you do with what you're given and and that's the point i think that that's the biblical side of if you're going to look at this and say well what would jesus have to say about that well some were given one some were given five some were given ten what did you do with it and 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 we would look at this and say, yeah, there there is something true to be said about what critical race theory is trying to say is that there are places in this world where maybe they don't have equal opportunity, and and I think there is something to be said about it. I I, I really do. I think that that when you get into the inner cities and and you see. Um, the schools are run down, the teachers are haggard, and you're like, they don't have those abilities. You're right. Yeah. I, you're absolutely correct. But my question is, is that a structural issue or is that a them issue? That, 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 it's kind of like the guy who says, uh, <clears throat> gets divorced three times and says, I'm not getting married because marriage is a failed institution. And you go, I think there's another common denominator. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's something else that's the problem. No. So, but, Yeah. Again, it's it makes me feel a little uncomfortable because of I am cognizant of of the color of my skin as we're ta- having these conversations and having growing up. It wasn't I didn't have every I don't feel I feel I'm I'm blessed. Yes, I was given an education in a Christian day school where we were taught two plus two equals four those kinds of things. And um, but on the other hand, I am very much empathetic with uh, back you know kids who are growing up in backgrounds that were. Troubles, troubles at home, you know, troubles, you know, and living in a culture where success isn't isn't uh, uh, encouraged. I, I feel for that. I I remember right. I was just sharing a personal story, like in a, on I was a pastor in Montana, where one of my members was part of the economic development for Eastern Montana, and he's re, he was really his office was really trying to advance the Native Americans and try to give them good jobs and good paying jobs, while they were living in a culture that said. Um, fifteen dollars an hour was good enough, you know, and that's all you need. You didn't need to get twenty-two dollars an hour. So they were really trying to, but you're dealing with. And I'm not saying it's the, their culture's fault. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. Um, I'm just, I'm but just, I, but I'm I, but empathetic to this, are, to the, to the, to the, this, and, the entire. And I agree but, with you. And, and I agree. And and we should be empathetic. And and but this comes back down to so. And and thank you. Um. Rachel, for, for correcting, equity also goes backwards and says we have to have the same starting point. <clears throat> I still disagree with it because it's impossible to have the same starting point. Yeah. Um, so thank you for that, for, for um, correcting me. Coming back, I, I think, I think there's, there's this idea that we have in our head that um, one culture has to be, and this is the thing that, that, that's coming into CRT too, that one culture must be more superior or one way must be more superior than another way. And, and this is or have the power <clears throat> or have the power, but if they have the power, then it's their way. So it, it, it really comes back to the same, the same idea. So if you are somebody who is in, um, in, in the French revolution, they would have called you the bourgeoisie. <laughs> if you're, you're not the proletariat, you're not the, the people in power. Um, so you rise up. Right, so if you rise up and you say, "I'm going to change everything," what did you change? You just changed the person in power, and so the the so the culture or the mindset or the desires of the person that was trampled down now come in power. They put their desires into play, and now they're trampling down somebody else. You didn't fix the problem. The the, the, the problem is still there. It's just you turned it so that it's now 
the pendulum swung all the way to the other side. Because the problem isn't the problem isn't this system over that system over this system over that system. The problem is the sinful nature that is running amok in and with and underneath it all. Yeah, and and it's not about uh, well if we just educate or if we just right. if we just educate uh, uh, everyone then this all go away because it's, it's we have a, a bound will we have a will that is sinful we have a sinful nature that was always going to find ways to put others down and elevate the self. Yeah, now it'll just do it legally. <laughs> yeah, right. right. I have permission. The more uh, educated yeah. you are, and, and I'm, I'm dead yeah. serious. They, you know, there's a, there's a statistic that said that, that as people become more educated, they fall away from Christianity. That's because their sinful nature now has more ammunition to rationally, and I use that term very, very loosely, rationally discredit everything that is given to them through the Spirit. Um, I, lo- I, I look into history, into religious history, and you go back and you look at the church fathers and you go back and you look at our, uh, the, evangel- our, the evangelists and, and people who went on missionary journeys. Race isn't a thing. I, I mean, you have early church fathers. One of the most famous and, and, and just most mind-blowingly smart church fathers was St. Was Augustine. Where did he come from? Yeah, Africa. He came from Africa. Um, he wasn't a European. <laughs> I know sometimes we're like, oh, well, he's a- no, he was an African. And, and, and great. That's amazing. Um, you know, I wish we had more African-American pastors. Um, I wish we had more people who, who were, were with white and African-American and Hispanic and um, Hmong. We'd work together, not, not as a church going in and saying, okay, we're going to raise up uh, somebody who is of your own ethnicity <clears throat> and they'll take over. But say, no, we're doing it together. We're going to raise you up. We're going to teach you, not because you're incapable, not because we're better, but because we happen to be informed in this, and we're going to share our information, and then we're going to do it together. You know, this week, Pastor Harley gets to preach. Next week, whoever gets to preach. And I'm going to sit at their feet and learn. Um, And there's this sharing of, and that only happens in the gospel. And if you don't believe that, go to church on Sunday and sit in a room, and if you're in a rural community in Midwest Wisconsin, maybe or maybe not, you might have predominantly Caucasian people. Who, let's just honestly, let's just say it, it's what it is. Um, look around and ask yourself one question. Without the gospel, would you even associate with 75% of those people? And the answer is no. <laughs> well, he's Pastor Harley. <laughs> I mean, some of you them. Some of them either. <laughs> some don't of, don't throw some, me under the bus. You. I'm just, saying, I'm just saying some of these people are related, and maybe and maybe that even more <laughs> reason. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, it is a it is a, a reminder for for those who are attending on church on Sundays is what what binds you together is not your shared heritage or shared last name or shared. Uh, bloodline, but but Jesus and the gospel, and we're here not for ourselves, but for others. And uh, every week we are crucifying ourselves. We are saying, "I have a, a part of me that wants what it wants and its preferences, and there is a new part, new person inside of me that is for the other, is for uh, loving my neighbor and finding them and seeing how can I help you." Yeah. So it's. But but to say that 
makes you racist because according to the definition of, of what a racist is, it's one who is supporting a racist policy through their actions or inaction. And in our case, it would be inaction. inaction. Yeah. Um, and so we would be considered racist because we look at that and we say, I'm not, I'm not going to participate in that game because I know, I know what fixes it. I, I know what the problem is and they've rightly identified the problem. <clears throat> their proposal doesn't fix it. Ours does. <laughs> I mean, literally, ours ours does fix that problem. Um, they just don't like the fix. And throughout history, it has fixed the problem, but not as much as we would like. We always, when we're looking backwards, we'd always would say, "There's more we could have done." There's always more that we could have done. Uh, we think of that Lutheranism paper was a good one. Uh, it talked about um, what the like for. Uh, the example that it gave was the inner inner city of Milwaukee, and they had these groups trying to to address uh, the inner city and how to reach out to the inner city. But at the same time, there was a massive flight out of Milwaukee. There was, and we have all these Wells churches in the suburbs because they all left. And so there's that recognition of the gospel was always the solution. We didn't, we weren't always ready to preach it. We weren't always ready to live it, and. And that's why we still need Jesus. That's why it's always about Jesus and the gospel that he has given us. And he gives us forgiveness for the past. And we can't be crippled by what generations did before uh, their mistake. And, and neither should our gener- the generations after us be crippled by our mistakes either. Right. There's forgiveness found in Christ, that forgiveness that we need because um, we, we, are, we still have this dep- depravity of the, of the soul. Well, and I think that's that's the part that that we kind of hinge on. And and I've said this before in my own ministry. You've said it before in your ministry. I know in conversations we've said it together, um, encouraging other brothers who who you know easily can get caught up in some of these more political issues. Um, and that is, there's a reason God calls us back to the altar. There's a there's a reason why why God gives his his body and blood and bread and wine, and he he doesn't just hand it to you. Um, in a closed room all by yourself with your pastor, but he, he brings you to the table with others. And, and that is because um, by doing that, you, you recognize you are with them in fellowship, that, that you are called together and you are receiving this gift. Um, remember that, that you are the same stepping before that altar in need of forgiveness. You are the same leaving that altar freely forgiven. Um, and then that should bleed into your reaction and into your your house and into your home. I, I think there's some things that 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 are are part of this, and I want to get through the rest of the list because we could take up a ton of time on just what we've been talking about, which we probably already have. But I, I think one of the things that we we really need to to get into our head and and refocus is that the the scriptures do not abolish slavery. The scriptures do not take away nationality. The scriptures do not remove differences of people. The scriptures embraces differences of people. Um, the scriptures encourage us to live where we are in a good and God-fearing way. Um, Onesimus, to yeah. you know, go back, do what you are. Uh, that that's what you are. Um, you know, and we're like, how how dare you? That's that's the call, right? And the same man who said to Onesimus, go back, is also the same man that says uh, slave traders are not inheriting the kingdom of God. So the, the mistreatment of slaves is also there as well. So right. it's um, just just to clarify, 
maybe clarify your comments there. And I, I do appreciate it because it does. Paul, uh, Peter, in First Peter, talks about we are a holy nation, a people belonging to God. But at the same time, what brings us together is not skin color or nationality, but Christ and um, what he has done. He has made us a holy nation. This is what, this is what makes us into this group. Revelation 7, verse 9, talking about the, the multitudes around the throne of every uh, nation, every ethnos, every group, and then also every tribe. So you have all your differences within those right. groups. So you, uh, like you I agree with what you said, where the diversity is something that God embraces uh, throughout the Bible, as well as vocations, which are different. And, and so they can't all be, we can't have all um, vocations that are, how do you say it? Well, I don't know what yeah, – they're, they're not every all the same. Every yeah. vocation – you, you can't each, have a vocation that is equal because each vocation is different. There you go. And yeah. and, and so, you know, I, I know people are thinking, well, slaves are bad. Just slow your roll here for a second. Um, how many of you have to go to work every day? I mean, you don't you don't have a pocket full of money that has just fallen out of the sky. You're a slave to your job just as much as you're a slave, just as much as they were. Now, granted, you're given a paycheck, and yes, you have choices in the sense that you can maybe, we think we have choices where we, well, I can go and buy a house. You can't buy any house. You only buy a house that you can afford. Well, I can buy any car. Really? I want a car with six doors instead of four. Find me that one, you know, or I want a, I want a truck with six doors. You know, you, you're limited, you're, and that's that bound will. No matter what, you're still a slave. You're still, you're still limited. So, so before we say, well, slavery is bad, well, just think about it. The call of the slave owner, and I'm not, I'm not, please listen, I am not condoning this, but the call of the slave owner was to give them their livelihood, to treat them as a person, to treat them as res- in respect, don't require of them and abuse them in a way or require things of them that were, were abusive and, and unheard of. That's a job. It's just a different job. Now, did we miss, did people mishandle that? Absolutely. Did people take advantage of that? Absolutely. Did everyone? And I don't, I don't think you could make that claim. I really don't. Um, but that does bring us, because what we've been talking about is our religious approach, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and it's very clean. When we talk about it and in the, in the say, okay, what does God say and how we should interact, that becomes a really clean conversation because we're just like, this, this is what it is, and, and this is who we're called to be. Um, but we live in a sinful world, and because we live in a sinful world, sin is destroying everything, and um, I, th- I think CRT has identified some of those ways that the sinful nature has exerted itself. Um, some of the definitions that, that kind of went on, and, and maybe you want to you wanna talk, of, we should probably talk more about them, is, is how they have broken out racism. And, and I think there is something to, to take note of. Again, I don't know if they're... Their proposals and how to fix it are right, but I think you should take note of it. Um, cultural and systematic, systemic, uh, cultural and systemic racism. I think those two are, are are real things that we should probably talk about. Do you want to give the definitions, and then maybe we can start that conversation and really anger people more? I don't. Than, know. Let's see. I think I've done more of the angering of people than than you have. 
Is this a competition? It is. Okay. I have been more bold in my... Cultural racism is creating a cultural standard and imposing a cultural hierarchy among racial groups. Again, we're talking about racial as a, as a construct, something that we are constructing. It's not uh, to, to, to say that uh, racism, we're all one race, and that should be the end of the conversation. Take the next step. The next step is that we are, this, our society is creating divisions among us. It may not be historically the same divisions, um, but we are making divisions because we have a sinful nature that wants to exert itself and say, I'm more important than you are. Um, my group is more important than your group. And I'll, we'll my change, friends are more important yeah, than your We'll friends. change what the group is, but there still is this. There still is, and I think uh, in our culture as well, we're still this, this trying to um, use power to dominate another, another group. So the sure. cultural... Um, uh, Racism is creating a cultural standard and imposing a cultural hierarchy among racial groups. So, so saying my, my, my culture is better than your culture. Would, it, would this be a bad place to, to kind of bring up, uh, bring up when I was growing up and, and when I, my parents used to always say this, and I've kind of seen it in, in village politics, uh, in the village in which I live and things, um, the good old boy club, it, it, would, yeah. that be, would that be a good place to sort of insert that term? Um, that that's the natural tendency of the human nature is to, to gather around the friends that tell you what you want to hear. And it's the good old boy club. And there is a, there is a hierarchy right. that is there, but I don't think it's intrinsic in the system. I think it is, it is just intrinsic in human nature. Does that make sense? It does. It's just, uh, ask any pastor who's tried to introduce a new hymn or even a new hymnal where they like, well, I like the old stuff. Well, why do you like the old stuff? Because that's what I'm used to. Right. And you like you, you give a new su- new suggestion for how to do things in a village or in a, in a community. Like, well, that's not how the way it was done. Um, and if you don't know the rules, then it's so easy to be pushed aside. And I think um, even or if you're new to the rules, new yeah, to new the, to the rules, new to the culture. Yeah, I know we we have an international student, and I think sometimes we do that. And this is me being full disclosure. Sometimes we just do that, like. Oh, you don't know this, or you know that kind of thing. Like we That's always, <laughs> we always have to remind ourselves he is from a different culture in a different world. Like we talk about our grade school experiences, or we're you know we're talking around the, the table about um, what what happened when they were kids. Well, that might not be his experience. We were talking about exercise or going outside, playing games or something, and his experience was completely different than ours. You know, he was marching uh, while our kids were playing, frolicking out in the side. So it's. Uh, sometimes, and so it is so easy for us to say, well, my, well, our upbringing was the same as his, and it's not. And so for us to assume that of others, yeah, I, 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 I get the point. I get the problem that they've identified. And again, like you say, the, the, the solution is to repent and to receive forgiveness from Christ and be empowered by the gospel, which says uh, God loves us and God has blessed us all with different diversity and that we can learn from each other, right. as, uh, as Paul says. And I like that learning from each other. I mean, you come from a different background than I do. You come from a different set of experiences than I do. And I'm not saying that experience is everything because it's not. You still got to have rules. You, you, mm-hmm. Culture is still culture. Um, and, and even in the United States, there is a culture uh, in the United States. Um, but that being said, I, I don't think you, like, like again, what you said, it's not to the exclusion of others. It is, uh, and this is the way the United States was supposed to be. It was supposed to be the melting pot of cultures. You know, share your experiences, join in the joint experience, um, but also be willing to say, 
that's theirs and that's fine and that's cool. And, and I can respect that. Um, I, I think there's something different between, between religion and, a, and the culture though. Um, I'm not saying it should be, <laughs> I'm saying it is, um, you have, I, I think sometimes people have a religious belief of something and they convince people that's their culture. Um, and so it becomes more of, uh, the tension is there because it's so clung to, um, and when I say culture in the United States, we have a culture of gluttony. We have a culture of uh, greed. Ma greed, materialism. Um, we have a culture of perceived freedom. Consumerism. Consumerism. That's our culture. Um, and everybody has it. Um, I, don't, I don't care who you are. If you're walking around with a cell phone, commercialism. If, you're, if you have access to the internet, which... I think pretty much almost everybody does. That's all part and parcel to that culture. But we've got we've clung to it so much that we've almost made it the religion. That that that's that we've now made it my culture versus your culture and I'm better because this is what I believe. It's a culture. Um you will still be you if that's removed. And and if you open it up and you bring in something else like Hispanic culture, they have a a siesta afternoon take a nap i'm all for it let's let's do that right. bring that into our culture <laughs> right um i mean the the fact that 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 asian cultures have a very studious culture you know they they the, the parents want their kids to be genuinely better than they are and so they push their children sometimes too much but they do push their children awesome let's bring yeah. Put that in, you know, let's mix it in. Um, but I think sometimes we go overboard. And I think you have that, you do have a culture of racism because we have a culture that says, this is the good old boy club. We're only going to put in, in into place people that agree with the same thing that I do. Now, that doesn't mean that our culture has to be that way. It just, that's what it has become because that's what we're comfortable with. Like yeah. You said. And we've identified the problem and the solution is, is Christ. And the solution is always to be. Wait a second, are you sure? <laughs> yeah, it's all. I'm absolutely sure. Uh, and it's always the what of repentance. You <laughs> oh, said forgiveness. <laughs> there is no other forgiveness other through Christ. So uh, um, the next one you wanted to talk about was systemic racism. Systemic racism or institutional racism refers to how ideas of right superiority are captured in everyday thinking at a system level, taking in the big picture of how society operates rather than looking at one-on-one -on -one interactions. So I, um, the only thing that I can say about this is in one side that it is right. Um, there were specific laws that were made in the, in the past that were wrong. They should not have been made um, that did this. They aren't there now. They, they have been removed. Um, that's good. On the flip side, you can't remove all law because – you, th there's a standard D just by, by nature, natural law. There's a standard to which we all know we should be at. Um, and you, you can't take everybody on a, on, on a, on a one-on-one -on -one because that would be impossible. So, so you do have to have a law that says here is the, here's the law, right? And, and, but now we should do a better job of holding everyone accountable to it. 
this is another part of that sinful nature, right? The, the part of the sinful nature is that we are unjust or unjust on how we apply the law because we say, well, they're my friend. I'll give them a pass. They have money. I'll they give can them get a, the good lawyer. Right. And, and so we've, we've created lawyers who are taking and trying to find loopholes in the law, which I think that's a whole other, whole other problem. It'll be completely erased by AI, that's, which is our topic for next week. Why do you got to do that? <laughs> just, just poke the bear. <laughs> now I want to talk about that right now. <laughs> don't, get, don't get me off track, Dave. You're supposed to keep me on track. You're supposed to rein me in, Dave. And no. instead you're... <laughs> no. <laughs> there, there is something to be said. And, 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 and yeah. really, and, and I would say this, this comes from um, Professor uh, Michael Berg's presentation to the leadership um, um was it leadership conference? Yeah, leader. Yeah, Lutheran conference yeah. on Lutheran and leadership. Yeah, something like that. And he had a beautiful. I, I really enjoyed it. I know you had some thoughts about it that you were like, I don't know. But one of just the things one that, thought where I was like, I don't know. But go ahead. What I really appreciated was we all agree with systemic racism. Every time you have called your healthcare institution and you've had to talk with a robot and you could never talk with a real person or you could never get done what you needed to do because there was this red tape or that red tape, that's what we're talking about. And it's true. It's there for everybody to some extent. Yeah. Um, but again, revolting, rioting, hurting people, um, you know, forcing your will over another person's will isn't the way to correct it. The way to the cor- the way to correct it is to to sit down, have conversations, um, join in ways for us to you know come to the table and say how do we make this better? You know how can we how can we practice justice as a society fairly, as opposed to what it's become, which is the person with the most money with the most connections ends up winning the day. Um, because that helps no one, you know. That the the old, the old idiom that justice is blind isn't a bad idiom. It just has never been. <laughs> but but it should be, and, and I, I think it should be. I think that would be a very good thing to see, um, if if we could ever have that. I don't think we could. Yeah, I, I did appreciate. Maybe we'll put a link in the show notes uh, for that video so that our listeners or for you viewers can see that as well because it is a, a really good uh, video on. Uh, and he explains <clears throat> five five takeaways from it, which so he's more addressing it more from a philosophical point of view. Right. You and I are talking about it in terms of we've got members in our congregation who have kids in school. What are some of the things that their teachers are probably talking to them about, or what are some areas we can talk about this with our kids at home. So just as to, to give some, some awesomeness to this whole entire picture, um, knowing that this was coming up and knowing that we're approaching our summer quarter here, um, I always do one month, four classes. So it's once a week um, on a topic of my choosing uh, at, at church for, I think it's in June. We just do, that's our entrance into summer. We are going to talk. We're going to look at these papers. We're going to read these papers, and we're going to watch that that video uh, recording of of Professor Berg's, and that's going to be the Bible study. So we're gonna we're gonna just look at that, and so go through that in a month. Awesome. So with that being said, what else is there to say? We just we've just looked at it well from a debu- 
I guess we haven't really addressed it. Like, how would you how would you talk about that over with your kids? Um, I think that and with your members who are kids in public school who are even though the public schools may not say we don't teach critical race theory, they're going to talk about racism, and if they're going to talk about racism, they might be using critical race theory definition of racism, right. which is all about power and and adjusting the power that the the the, the, the whites have had the power, so now that we have to come up and, and overthrow them so that uh, right. someone else can have the power that there might be an institution that would make sure that there's an anti-racist everything. I, I would, I, I, I know, I know this doesn't answer the question. I would, I would, t- I would tell my kids and have told my kids, um, there's only one race. There, right. there is, there are people and God loves us all. And Christ died for us all. Um, critical race theory is just that it's a theory and and it's it's okay to be critical about your race. It's okay to be critical about your nationality. It's also okay to be critical about to be a Berean. I mean, yeah. that's really what it even be critical about your church to some extent. To be a Berean and go back to what does God say and how do we implement this and how should we be as Christians? I think that that that's a good thing in life that that you you need to question. Um, and and you know, I forgot who said it, but they the, the old saying. Question everything, yeah. To to some extent, except for God Himself, um, when He speaks in His Word. But yeah, um, if you are going to church and you're hearing a sermon and something does not sound right, question that and come to the pastor and say, "Where in Scripture is where you said this, and and how can that be?" And if He proves it in Scripture, good, great. Let God's Word reign. If you if He can't, He needs to change because that was wrong. Um, but but to go and I think to to say to our kids it's it's good that we're we're looking out and we're saying we need to listen to those people who are less fortunate who have been blessed in different areas or with different things or whatever and if we can help within reason we do we don't have to be afraid to do that that's good um, share in what God has given learn from each other. Um, but, but to go to the other side and say, well, we have to take everything and we have to destroy it all. Destroy it all Cause somehow we're going to build it back better. Um, that is a star Trek fallacy. Um, <laughs> pure and utter fiction, pure and utter fiction. As opposed to star wizards. Wars, which is true. And wizards wiz- and, and, uh, <laughs> Buddhist principles of light and dark being equal forces. Uh, anyway. Um, I don't the, know. The Mandalorian <laughs> seems very true. Bounty hunters, people shooting at other people. Seems very realistic. It's, <laughs> it's a Western. It's a Western. And a samurai show at the same time. Um, <clears throat> so, How would you answer it? How would I answer I I think I would. I like what you were saying about, yes, we're all one race, the human race, but... We do have these constructs that we, we, we use to separate one another, and they're, they're sinful. It's just a sinful aspect. God created us all different. He created us with different abilities, he gave, uh, different experiences, different tastes, uh, different likes as far as you know, you like one thing and somebody else likes another thing. Um, some, some people are extremely talented in the arts. Some are very extre- talented in sports. That is not a reason to divide. And so... Uh, as we're looking at even on skin color, is that the realization that this is this is something beautiful that God has put into the world, and for us to appreciate and to say we can learn something from this, we can uh, we can uh, 
we can celebrate our differences because we all are one nation, one holy nation under under Christ, uh, as Peter is saying. And in the end, as John says in Revelation, there's going to be there's going to be uh, heaven is filled. It's going to be diverse, and we, we all have different interests throughout history. You know, diverse, not just with the peoples today, but from the peoples from all time. I mean, you were, you were just saying how how much would we have in common with uh, believers from 100 AD? Very, you know, they never had a cell phone. They've never, you know, they have no idea about professional sports. All those, well, other than I suppose. The, the gladiators and they they kind of have a different opinion of <laughs> if that's professional What's sports they're like um you know uh the, padding uh, uncle hank <laughs> he went to the stadium once uh he didn't come back <laughs> he didn't come back <laughs> so uh this uh, and um the uh <laughs> getting off track but just and i do like what you're saying about being critical of your own race because is it, to say that we are without sin, like we don't see any color, we just look at the content of each other's character, which is from Berg's. I, I like Berg's point. It, to say that we're, we've somehow uh, we're not racist is to de- to deny the fact that we have a sinful nature that is depraved, that finds ways to make find differences between people, or or that finds ways to elevate the self over the other individual. So having those kind of conversations um, and to stress that this is. Christ is the solution to all of this, for forgiveness for ourselves and also empowering us to love the other. Right, and, and then it comes back down to 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 very simply within mixed in the because we only hit the really top portions of this whole entire paper. You're going to come down and you're going to work your way down, and there are going to be things that are in CRT that are biblically wrong, um, and we didn't get a chance to 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 really hit those things but when you get to the transgender discussions and you get to the homosexual discussions and you get to the trans uh um just the that community of discussion and they try to wrap that into CRT too those are just wrong um those are a different set of problems that we need to be critical of and that is our mental problems that are happening and and we have to be Willing and able to say, not just, this is not an approved lifestyle, but I want to help you, instead of just outright rejecting them and throwing them away. That, that's not a good Christian aspect, too. But, but you can't embrace, you can't, you can't say, the sin is okay. You can say, no, the sin's wrong, but, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you. I'm, I'm going to help bring Jesus to you, and I'm going to help walk you through keeping you accountable, working our way through this. Um, so... Again, being critical of of recognizing, yeah, there are problems, but but some of those problems are because of us and not the institution. Marriage, one of them. Some of those problems are us, <laughs> and and uh, um, and the institution <laughs> because we created it. And, and some of them are just misunderstandings that that there you have two different people coming from two different walks of life, and in you know what, each are blessed in different ways, each are privileged in different ways. Um, and you might run across a white person who doesn't have all the privileges as Biden. And and you might run across an African-American who has all the privileges like Obama. Um, they exist. Now, disproportionately maybe, I, I, don't, I don't know, I don't have those figures. I'm, I'm, that's beyond me. But we can't look at that and say, well, they're, they're bad because of it. God gives to each of us 
what he wills, as he wills. A person who's been privileged with a lot doesn't make them better. In fact, look at their lives. Most of them are depressed. It's horrible. Some people who have been privileged with little, not all the time, but sometimes their families are better. They understand work. They understand uh, uh, thanks. They understand what, how, did, how to work and, and be joyful for what they receive. And, and that goes a long way too. And I, I'm just going to work myself into a, probably a really deep hole that people are going to scream and yell and, and hate me for. Um, but coming back down to, you know, the Lord gives to each of us what we can handle, how we can handle it. And then sometimes um, for a lot that he's given, he expects a lot out of them too. So take us out. Share, share forgiveness masked in Jesus. <laughs> Which forgiveness uh, is masked in Jesus, yeah. right? Uh, how do I say this? With words. <laughs> yeah, words are important, and they actually have meaning. Uh, I think that's uh, that was another topic as we're closing this out, uh, uh, that in Pastor Berg's presentation where he talked about words, which is, so I encourage you, if you are interested more about more of this topic of debunking, this is to watch the video on him because he really takes us to a philosophical level. We're just looking at it from, from two pastors in congregations level, uh, soaking in a paper, soaking in his presentation, and, and applying it to our, our congregations and applying it to you as members of those congregations. Um, but if you're looking for more, if you're looking for more, watch uh, his presentation. We'll put a link in our show notes. But in the end, uh, uh, this whole um, problem of people is people is the problem of people is our sinful nature that we that we have the sinful nature that can only be um, only be destroyed when Jesus comes again at the last t- at the last day. And so, for us to say, I, I, by no means do we say there's a path forward if there's just more education or more enlightenment, and then this all of this will go away. I think there's the the humility that this problem of individuals trying to assert themselves over others is a problem that's here to stay until Jesus comes again. So we have this uh, um, we have this future that we can look forward to with hope of, of that John gives us in Revelation 7, of all of these nations gathered around, all of these peoples gathered around the throne and worshiping God, that one day this will all be righted again. And one day, um, if you are not someone who is appreciated in this lifetime, know that your, your Savior appreciates you. And... Uh, and in the lifetime to come, that the, all of these diversities, things will all be sorted out uh, in the end. Amen. Amen. All right.